Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside a good friend of mine and a fantastic Milwaukee Bucks beat reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. It's been a while since we've had him on the pod. Matt Velasquez, how you doing? I'm just great, Kane. Glad to be hearing the melodious sound of your voice. <laughs> well, I've just actually been happy to hear your voice in the press conferences the last couple of days. We know uh, due to the pandemic, there's been a lot of industries that, are, that have suffered and journalism, no doubt, has been uh, dealing with that, and you've had some time off. Uh, we were just talking about this. Hopefully, uh, no more weeks off in the future. Is that the, the plan for you? That, that's the goal. I mean, I, I hope there's no more furloughs, no more no more times where I have to be uh, be away, especially now that the season's starting to get going uh, with the scrimmage already almost upon us on Thursday. Um, you know, but it you know I'm, I'm happy to uh, to have helped out, contributed, and, and done my part. Uh, in, in terms of, you know, what we were asked to do as a newsroom and, you know, gave me some more time. Uh, you know, everybody, everybody knows that when you do this job, you're not gonna have a lot of time at home with your family, with your, your wife, your kids. And, uh, I feel like I got to, to reclaim a little bit of that over the past four months and, you know, being furloughed, I, I literally have no excuse to like be on Twitter or be doing anything because like, I don't have to look at my phone. I, I can't work. So, you know, it's a lot of time, uh, riding bikes and gardening and, just hanging out, having a good time. So it's been uh, it's been nice to, to have some of that family time. So it's absolutely my duty to say this. If you do have the means to subscribe to the Journal Sentinel, you should certainly do that and support those guys, Matt and Laurie and Ben Steele and all the guys who do a great job there because uh, we're about 48 hours, I guess. I mean, it depends when you're listening to this from the Bucks actually playing. So we know that they're going to be running into playoff basketball and that the coverage will be fantastic. I have to say, though, at least... If there's one positive to come from this, we'd all certainly... I mean, I've said that I'm a little bit jealous that I'm not in the bubble, even though the restrictions are heavy. You know, getting to see these guys up close seems like a pretty fun thing to do, but at least you're not living out of the suitcase for the next two months. That's a positive, right? That's definitely a positive. <laughs> you know, on one hand, I was interested in trying to go to the bubble. There were yeah. some discussions that maybe maybe I could get there. Obviously, the cost was enormous, um, but maybe I could, you know, since the Journal Sentinel is part of the USA Today network, that maybe I could get in through USA Today somehow um, or, or might be able to, to switch out with somebody who is there or, or go there for a little bit then come back. Um, yeah, it didn't happen. Uh, that's, that's not how it worked out. <laughs> Um, and, and I was like, oh yeah, that'd be really cool to, to go there. I thought that'd be a good like career and life experience. Like how it's like what 12, 15 people who were in the bubble, like being one of those people would be a pretty interesting life. But at the same time, like, you're right. Like I'm not living out of a suitcase. I didn't have to quarantine in a room for seven days. You know, I'm not having to like, you know, I read Chris Haynes' story that you have to like, you can't walk from your hotel like a minute. <laughs> To like practice, you have to like get on a bus to take you around, so you're not sharing like walkways with players or anything like that. Um, yeah, I don't have to deal with any of that. You know, I, I don't get to maybe have 
maybe there's slightly better access there for the people who are there who can see some things, who can um, maybe you know ask a couple questions off camera or you know chit chat off camera, build those relationships. Um, but you know, I get to be on the Zoom calls uh, each, each time the Bucks have them. Can, can jump on, ask some questions. Um, you know, have a little back and forth with the guys as as much as you know zoom allows when when they can't even see me <laughs> like you know but you know, it's this this is what what life is this is the trade off if we want to have basketball be able to cover basketball this is this is how it's got to be and in pandemic times uh things will be a lot worse so today's media session Sterling Brown and Giannis spoke to us and uh we're going to we've got lots of Giannis stuff to get through today. It was pretty fun. It's always interesting when when he speaks. But you mentioned that the players can't see us. So the way the NBA sets this up, the players are basically sitting and maybe a lot of people have seen this already, but the players are basically sitting in front of a big TV screen and they're just looking at themselves. And I don't know if you noticed this Matt, but when Sterling was talking today, he started talking and I think he was like thrown off by the fact that someone was asking a question and it was his face and he kind of like pointed to the screen and like went to like ask someone if that was right and then he was obviously told that that's a situation but it, it is a strange setup that they can hear us but they're looking at themselves yeah that's super weird I, I hope that one of these days uh it can be light enough that we can be like hey is it weird like talking to us but looking at yourself because yeah, you know, I know that sometimes, especially like when you can hear stuff. Like, luckily, I don't think they can hear themselves. Because then you get that feedback, you yeah. just your brain gets scrambled. So, but so seeing yourself and you know, I I don't know if I was Sterling Brown or Giannis Dedekumbo, and I I was looking at myself, but I heard like Kane's voice or my <laughs> voice or, or somebody else's voice coming back at me. I'd be like, what is, what is going on here? No, it's a highly uncomfortable situation for them, I'm sure. But Sterling Brown uh, spoke and. To be honest, like most of the, the answers that he gave were in relation to the social injustice, uh, the, the activism that the players are able to do down there in the bubble rather than on court. And you might say that that's not a surprise first because we know Sterling Brown's been a leader in this regard for the Bucks, but also uh, he wasn't playing a lot when the season ended. So it, it makes sense that this is the line of the questions. One quote that he had that I just wanted to read out. He was asked if he feels safe in the NBA bubble and he said, I feel safe every day I wake up and I'm able to breathe. That's not the case for a lot of people. That's not the case for Breonna Taylor. So I think we need to focus our attention on that. I thought that quote basically summed up a a number of quotes that he said and a number of things that he went into, but there's no doubt that as far as the Bucks go, he's been the leader in this this regard. Oh, absolutely. That was the one that I picked out too. If you had to encapsulate everything that, uh, that, that Sterling said today, I think that was basically it. He tried to take a bunch of questions uh, and refocus them back onto uh, particular Brianna Taylor's case uh, and, and the situation there. Um, you know, he mentioned that he's been doing a lot of like reading and watching webinars and taking classes, uh, trying to educate himself uh, while he's been in Orlando in the bubble. Um, you know, each and every day uh, when it comes to you know the the history of, of the police in the United States and, and the systemic ways that, that they have kind of acted or, or the things that they have done over time, uh, stemming back to, to slavery and, and all the ups of current today. And that's kind of his focus. That's what he's trying to do. Uh, every player down there, they're doing different things. Obviously, you know, you're, you're having fun. You're enjoying your time away from the court. Uh, but there is time for, for that. 
um, for a lot of guys, and he's definitely been vocal that that's something that he wants to do. And you can even tell when Giannis talked, like he was asked about having a platform, and and he basically said that you know he he wants to support his things, but he he mostly wants to support like his teammates and support Sterling. Like he mentioned Sterling by name, and I think that kind of points to how his teammates view him as someone who you know obviously he had his his police involved incident in uh, what was that January twenty eighteen, um, and so he. You know that he's been in at the forefront uh, of those discussions for a while, and I think his teammates have, have have built a lot of respect for him in the way that he he has kind of bounced back or or responded to that situation, responded to the call, um, you know, to to kind of make that into something better or more, um, and and so yeah, I think that all makes sense. Like the way he he has responded is consistent and has been consistent in the two times he's talked on Zoom. Uh, in Orlando, and I, I think you know that's that's good for him. Yeah, I think it's it's worth noting because I mentioned that he wasn't playing a big role on the court, but he was asked about the basketball side of things, and he said, "Oh, that's easy." He said, "Playing basketball is the easy part. I can do that all the time." And it's worth noting that at the moment, with the uncertainty with Eric Bledsoe and and Pat Connaughton, maybe there is an opportunity that he's going to play certainly early in, in these games. Let's be honest, from a basketball point of view, Giannis was a headline act today. We may as well not mess around. He called you out specifically. He called you and Eric out <laughs> specifically when answering this question. Uh, one of the reporters asked about the original comment back in, I think it was early April. It was like April 5 or something like that. Uh, he mentioned that he didn't have access to a hoop. So the reporter asked, uh, did you ever get access to a hoop? And it was funny to me because, again, this was one of the things that I was trying to notice from his reaction. At first, he looked up and... I'm guessing that he was looking at Dan Smichek, who's Bucks PR. I think that was what I took from that. This is just my opinion that he was looking at yeah. him, sort of saying, what should I, what should I answer here? Yeah. It seemed like he was trying to take a moment to decide like, <laughs> how honest am I going to be? Like, how do I phrase this? Um, because the question was like, did he not have access to a hoop until the um, practice facility reopened, which was sometime in, I think, mid-May. Uh, so, you know, did he not have any any access? And, you know, he had that kind of, like, coy smile on his face. Like, he he knew that he was kind of pinned, right? That he had to say something, and he didn't want to just lie, yeah. like, outright. But he needed to figure out, okay, how do I say this? What's okay for me to say? How do I not get in trouble for what I say? Uh, and... Yeah, I think he I think he handled it okay. He did a good job because ultimately he still didn't give away what he was doing, but he just said, listen, and he, again, he pointed to you, Eric, and, and Malika as well, and he's like, listen, you guys know me. If you know me, you know that I'm going to be getting shots up. I'm going to be in, in the gym. So yeah. uh, I think we all uh, sort of hypothesized that this was going to be the case, similar to Chris Milton as well, who said that he hasn't touched the ball. It's just impossible for me to believe that these guys, professional basketball players, have just said, Oh, well, screw it. I'm just going to stay at home for for three, four months straight and not touch a basketball. Never made any sense at the time. Uh, Giannis, I I guess, gave us a little insight that that's definitely not the case. Yeah, I I remember when people were going nuts, especially about Middleton. um, And I I wrote in a story for the Journal Sentinel saying, you know, hey, this is what he said. Um, And it could be true. He, (laughs) he, He could be telling us the truth. Or he could... You know, he could potentially be playing coy and not wanting to incriminate himself against breaking the NBA and his team's right. rule about, you know, they basically could not use any public basketball court like for any any purposes. 
you know, while the their own practice facility was closed, you couldn't go to even an empty high school gym. That would have been breaking the rules. Like you couldn't have gone to a playground. Like that would have been against the rules. Like you weren't supposed to go anywhere. Like these were the rules. And so like why would a player like say, Yeah, you know what? I have been breaking all the rules. Like, please find me <laughs> and and like, yes, I, I'm so awesome and I'm I'm so dedicated. I'm like gonna just Tell everybody right now. You can just say, "Hey, you know, I haven't touched the basketball. Like, I'm, I'm just being a good boy, doing what I'm supposed to do. Like, not, not a, uh, not ruffling any feathers. But in the meantime, you could be grinding like every day, like working on your game, which I assume like a lot of guys were. And you know, if you had me guess, like, okay, did, did Chris actually go that long? I'd probably say no. He, I'm sure he touched the ball. But if you said, did Giannis go that long? I'm like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's no way that he was away from a court. There's, there's zero chance at all. Uh, we touched on it yesterday. Chris, actually, I mean, he's looking from what we can see. And again, it's hard to say. Kyle Corver was pretty complimentary in his words about how the shape that Chris came back in. He certainly looks slim. He looks like he's in good shape. There's no doubt about that. And I think by nature, Milton is a little more straight down the line with the media. He's not the, I wouldn't expect the Giannis response from Chris to that question. I think that he would be more likely uh, to play a straight bat with this one. But as far as these games coming up Thursday, uh, 2 p.m. Central Time. And also today, I mentioned yesterday, I wasn't sure about this. It looks like the NBA is definitely going to be streaming these scrimmages online anyway. So Bucks fans will be able to check those games out. But Giannis was asked about how he's going to approach these scrimmages. Again, shock horror. He said he's going 100% like he does in every other yeah. game. And we've seen this guy in preseason games before. It's almost like terrifying that some teams are just trying to ease their way into the season and Giannis comes in in incredible shape and completely runs them off the floor. But again, if you're going to catch this game against the Spurs on Thursday, expect Giannis to be going full throttle in his minutes on the floor. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't surprise me one bit. You know, that's that's the answer that he'll give if you ask him, you know, about, hey, you're going to go play a, a charity three-on-three game like he's going hard. Like it's just happening. Um, you know, when he's on the court, that's just what he does. Um, you know, and, and it's nice to get some some normal things things back. You know, like when when Yas is talking, you're you're getting him saying that he's going to go hard. That he's going to he doesn't care about the MVP. We'll get to that, I'm sure too. You know, I don't care about the MVP. I just want to win. I just want to help my teammates. Like all these normal cliched answers. It's like, oh man, I've missed those over four months. Yeah. We're getting those same same cliches from Giannis, and I'm sure he means them. I'm I'm sure he means them. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're back to, uh, to Bucks basketball. Giannis is a smart guy in relation to the MVP. I, I get the feeling that he understands, he knows the season he's having, that he's probably going to win it. And he never really had to say anything from the start of the season. He never has. Uh, I don't know when the hell they're going to do these awards. He's probably not going to get it until November or something ridiculous like that. Uh, but I, I think he's pretty comfortable with where he's at. And as you said, he does throw out the cliches from time to time, which is pretty funny when you think about uh, Giannis and where he's come from. But the question I have for you is, there's a lot of talk about rest and the Bucks. Clearly, these eight seeding games mean little to them in terms of seeding and positioning and what's going to happen for them in the playoffs. But they're going to rest, guys. We know that that's going to be the case. During the end of the season, so normally, typically, that's late March, early April, we see from time to time that one guy might get rested, another guy might get rested. But we've heard them talk about team chemistry, and Giannis admitted himself today that it's going to take some time. You're not going to be able to have that time off and walk straight back out on the court. So how would you approach this in terms of easing guys back into it? To me, it feels like 
rather than having Giannis sit out this night, Chris sit out that night, you might pick specific games where you're like, okay, we're all on, on the court here tonight. This game against Brooklyn, starters, you have the night off. Is that, does that make sense to you? That totally makes sense. Like we're definitely going to get some games where it's, you know, Frank Mason and Thanasis and uh, DJ Wilson. And, so the Denver game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to get the Denver game again. Like it's going to happen. The question is, will it be Wes Matthews again or will it be, you know, some other starter who like who plays it out and, and stays there? Like we're going to get that. Like it's, it's going to happen. Like we might get it like two or three times. Like I, I don't, I mean, this is just me. Like my guess would be like somebody like Giannis, like he only needs to play in maybe like five or six of the eight seeding games. Like I, I'm expecting him to play maybe the equivalent of like one game of the preseason games, like these scrimmages. Like the minutes he plays might he might be like forty minutes over three games at most. Um, that that would kind of be my guess because there's there's gonna be a preseason game a scrimmage that he doesn't play in at all. Like I, I think that would that would make sense. Like you don't need to, to risk him or, you know, Middleton or, you know, uh, Brooke Lopez. Like you guys, you need to give those guys um, a little bit of a break. And just because they're not playing that scrimmage doesn't mean they're not getting shots up, getting work in that day. They can do other things in that day, especially when it comes to the weight room and, um, you know, warm ups and everything like that. It's not the same as a game for sure, but it's also not the same level of wear and tear. Um, so, so I think, you know, Bud, throughout his time as the Bucks coach has been really good about listening to the medical staff and, uh, pl- you know, planning things based off of workloads and based off of data uh, and trying to figure out what the best way is to, to go about getting his guys ready while also getting, keeping them, you know, healthy and rested. And, and I think we're going to see some mixing and matching a little bit uh, during these eight seeding games and, and definitely some games where we probably don't see any starters <laughs> yeah there's always one starter that you have to you feel sorry for and you wonder what's going through their head when they see the uh, who's going to be playing that night and they're the one random starter that's uh that has to go out and play i think we've seen brooke do that before or last season and also yep. west this year i wanted to ask you about all these three-point shooting videos that have come out today because I can't help but laugh because we've watched Giannis and, and all Bucks fans that are listening to this understand. He went from 2.6 three-point attempts up to 4.8 and at the same time still bumped up his shooting percentage from 26 to 31%. So has he got work to do? Of course he does. He can definitely improve 31%. It's not like he's a knockdown three-point shooter. But all these three-point videos that the reporters are putting up there and the eye emojis, it's kind of funny to me because we're still giving Giannis the Ben Simmons treatment. I mean, he's been out there shooting threes in games. It's, uh, he's not in that category where we need to be over-excited over and thrilled about the fact that he's hitting some practice three-pointers, right? Yeah, this is normal. Like yeah, this, exactly. <laughs> this is this is Giannis after practice. This is Giannis before games. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I, I want to f- remember how long ago it was that I was tweeting out videos right, like this. Right. Like, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn because you were there. Like Eric was there. Like, you know, there have been other people covering the Bucks for, you know, who are or with the Bucks on a, a more regular basis. Who like you see this and like if I was in the bubble, like I'd probably tweet a video because I'd be like, oh, I'm in the bubble. Like I need to like you know tweet some 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 video. Like that's great. Um, and I don't disparage anyone who does that. But when I saw the videos, I was like, yeah, well, this is. This is Bucks practice. Like this is what happens. Giannis shooting, um, you know, threes. Like you know, we got used to it before games, like clockwork. Like he could even come out 
one of the first guys to to come out for his shooting spot before games, and he would work, you know, through his progressions, uh, shooting closer, you know, the mid range, and then move out and work around the horn for threes. Like it was just something that is normal. Like and at times, like he would make like eight, nine, ten in a row, like that. That happened, and you know, it'd be, it'd be more notable, I guess, if it translated to like absolutely like insane three-point shooting numbers but like you know shooting three-pointers in practice like a lot of guys shoot like really really well uh on three-pointers in practice that's like that's normal like guys who are going to get drafted uh who are going through like team workouts will shoot you know around the horn three-pointers and like make like 70 or 80 out of 100 like those are guys who like might be second round picks sometimes uh guys can shoot like shooting in practice is different than shooting in a game. Um, but that being said, Giannis looked good. Like he, he looked like he was fluid. He, he had a few step backs in there, which I don't know that those are always uh, part of his routine, but the step backs look fine. Um, you know, obviously we, we got a lot of clips of him making them. I don't know if there were the, you know, videos of him missing that people did not share, um, which if they, if they were doing that, like, I guess, you know, that's good on them. Uh, or, you know they're trying to to show the the flashier or the better side of Giannis, which I'm sure he appreciates. Um, you know, from what I saw, it it all looked good, it, but it also all looked kind of normal. Yeah, I'm definitely not trying to pour cold water on the fact that it's exciting to see Giannis back out <laughs> on the practice floor hitting shots. It's fun. I mean, this is what we've missed for the last few months, absolutely. But I, I'm also not going to watch the jump tomorrow and, and watch a 10-minute segment and, oh, Giannis is hitting threes. What should we expect? I mean, we've seen this. We've seen this. As you said, it's become a kind of normal. He has his cold nights. He, he has his good shooting nights. This has been a thing for a while now, certainly since Bud came to the team. One question he did get asked, though, I, I think it might have been Eric that asked this question right off the top. I'm not 100% sure. But we've seen Giannis come back from every single offseason and have improvement and he improves in one area of his game now Giannis didn't really give a lot away here he just said oh well I guess uh, time will tell we'll see what happens with uh, my game and what improves but there's no doubt that this this is a guy that puts in as much work as anyone in that time off and yes he revealed today he's been in the gym so he's been putting in the work this is almost like a mini off season He's always someone that comes into the season hot I mean his first couple of months of the season are typically scintillating what can he improve? What should we look at? We know last year he sort of integrated that turnaround, that step-back jump shot that became a decent weapon for him. Of course, the three-point shot has been on the rise. Maybe it's just good health. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I think I would, I would start with the three-pointers and say, okay, can he take them off the dribble now? Because mm-hmm. like he, he kind of takes them off the dribble in like a pull-up fashion. Um, but that's about it. Like not too many. He hasn't really deployed that step back that we just talked about. Like you don't see him doing that in games. You don't see him shooting a lot in the corner. Uh, that's just not a spot that he goes to often. He really likes kind of the, I don't know, maybe call him like the elbows or, you know, the elbow free throw line extended uh, and the top of the key. Like he has his three spots that, that he normally shoots from, or at least most of his threes come from. So is he trying to add more variety into his three point shot and more areas of comfort? Um, is he trying to add additional mid-range things that he can do? You know, you mentioned the turnaround. He had the baby, kind of like the baby hook uh, that he had done. Um, are there other things that he's trying to to add in uh, when it comes to his mid-range shot? I, I would assume anything he's working on has got to be shot-related um, because I, I feel like the, the ball handling, he has a pretty good 
good grasp on, on what he can do and how he can how he can move and especially with his footwork and the way he can utilize a gather step to just cut through defenses and get to the rim. Like he knows how that works uh, and it's hard to work on passing when there's no one to pass to. <laughs> so I, I feel like it's got to be adding maybe different dynamics to, to his shots or maybe different footwork that can lead him into uh, different kinds of shots. Yeah, the corner three is really interesting. Um, and I, I looked at the numbers. I, we knew it was really low, the frequency from the corners. But when I saw one of those videos come up, I, I thought I'd just get the stats and have a look. So out of the 271 threes he's attempted this season so far, only 10 of them have come from the corner. He was 5 for 8 in the right corner and, and 0 for 2 in the left so far this season. So, yeah, 50% from the corners overall. As you pointed to, though, it's just you're never really going to be in the situation. This isn't rookie Giannis anymore. He's not going to be standing there in the corner ready for those catch-and-shoot opportunities. Uh, one of the games that he did was obviously against Toronto. He hit a couple of big corner threes in that game that proved uh, pretty pivotal in, in the win for the Bucks. But, yeah, I mean, he's, he's just a guy where the ball's in his hands a lot. He's above the break. Those are the transition opportunities that the... the um, the pull-up threes that he's been able to take. And oftentimes, if he's in the corner, he's usually baseline cutting for a dunk on someone. So, yeah, it's not a shot that I expect to, to come into his arsenal, but I would agree. I, I think the three-point shot at 31%, if he gets that up to 34 35%, I mean, that is genuinely going to be uh, the difference. But for the Bucks, we speak about their three-point shooting the other day on the podcast in the playoffs. If they get those guys shooting up around those mid-30s, Instead of those high twenties, thirties, that can be the difference in winning the series. Absolutely, and yeah, I don't think the corner three is going to become like a major threat for him. But I could see some instances where maybe they want to give him a little bit of a break on offense, where maybe he's working really hard on defense, or he's really expending a lot of energy, um, you know, running back and forth. They just say, "Hey, let's just call up a set where maybe you know, Bled brings it up, or, or Chris brings it up, or whatever." And Giannis, you just go to the corner, like you know, they have their five out system. Everybody knows which spots to go to, and if if Bled says, "Hey, Giannis, just just go to the corner." chill out there everybody else run around see what the defense does and if and if the ball finds Giannis wide open like he's got to be comfortable shooting that shot and, and I, I think that that won't be often like I said it won't be like they're they're calling that play every game or they're, they're running sets for him to get corner threes um yeah but if he can keep defenses honest like, you know those could be big points he's probably going to find space out there we know that but <laughs> yeah like I, like I said we are I, I guess as everyone listens to this on Wednesday morning uh, less than four, 48 hours away from the Bucks' first scrimmage against the Spurs, Matt. Before we let you go, is there any? Have you got any other sizzling hot takes or any thoughts you need to get off your chest about the Bucks before they before they play? It's been a long time. I, I don't know if I have any sizzling hot takes. I, I have I have enjoyed uh, Robin Lopez's Disney movie yeah. tweets tonight. Those those have been good. I obviously have two young kids and we watch a lot of Disney movies, so you know I, I have some feelings. Have some thoughts. Yeah, you said uh, uh, the goofy. Is it the goofy movie? Did you say you're a big fan? Oh, the goofy movie is a an underrated classic. Just just pure gold. Uh, I would say uh, I, I watched that movie countless times growing up. I used to I would listen to it in college. Uh, listen to, like the songs from from the goofy movie in college. Like like the the problem is I've shown it to my kids and they like it. But it's not like they're not ready yet. I mean, six and five is like I think it's just too young to really appreciate like all the 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 vibes from that movie. Right, right now they're they're big on you know other things. 
Um, a lot of a lot of princess movies, which can be very good. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm not knocking them, but I feel like we need to get them to a point where they're ready for goofy movie. Well, we haven't heard from Robin yet, as far as I know, unless I unless I missed something, unless I slept through uh, one of the press conferences. But we haven't heard from Robin yet. I can imagine when the time comes that he does speak, there's going to be a lot of Disney related questions heading his way, and I, I think he'll probably enjoy that. I think I'll probably enjoy that. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I think these are the, the questions that, that need to be asked and the things we really want to know. Because basketball-wise, I mean, you've, you've talked to Robin before. Like, he could be kind of dry. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't when, give you when, a lot. Doesn't give you a lot. No, no. When, when it comes to basketball, especially if you're asking about him, like, he, he is going to find a way to give you the, the, a, a polite short answer with, with a few... Um, you know, high level words thrown in there. Like he, he's going to, he's going to empty the, the vocab, you know, tanks and, and, and give you some interesting words, but it's not going to always amount to the most interesting quote. But I think if we ask him about Disney and, and get his real unfiltered thoughts about movies and, and uh, the way he, he ranks them, I, I'm all in on that. I'm, I'm so in on that. So it won't be tomorrow though. It is an off day for the box. There's going to be no media availability there. So the next time we hear from any of the players will probably be after this scrimmage so keep an eye out for that we'll keep all you guys updated matt velasquez we all follow his work but like i said if you can support the milwaukee journal sentinel you should do that because those guys have been doing great stuff over the last few months during a, a pretty crazy time but i well, well and, me, and, if, and if you want to subscribe apparently i just found out about this today if you are not a subscriber and you want a year subscription to the journal sentinel digital only now you don't want get the actual physical paper but a year subscription 39 bucks it's like less than 11 cents a day i don't know how they're going to keep paying me like if, if, they're, <laughs> if, they're, if they're selling subscriptions like that like how's this going to work i don't know who okayed this um but i feel like you I, I feel like you should jump on it if you are not a journal Sentinel subscriber you should jump on it real quick because i don't know how long it's going to be around um but i i assume it's a limited time offering so this can't be it forever I'm trying to figure out now whether you actually uh, wanted to tell people to subscribe with that deal, or you just wanted to get your frustrations off your chest—the fact that you might not be, <laughs> you might not be getting paid with, with a deal like that. Yeah, no, I, I think I want people to subscribe. I, I think <laughs> I think that's the main goal of what I was trying to say. All right, man. Well, I, honestly, we we haven't had too much of a chance to catch up as well. So as my friend and, and someone that I've spent a lot of time around the last couple of years, it's always good to catch up with you. And I appreciate you jumping on pretty late tonight. I'm happy to do it. Glad to be talking to you again. All right. So we will be back tomorrow. We have got a guest tomorrow on the podcast as well. I'm just locking in a time. So I'm not going to name any names and then make myself look silly when it, when it doesn't pan out. But I look forward to that. And as I said, the Bucks will be playing before the week is out. So for Matt and myself, stay safe out there and we'll speak to you guys tomorrow.